Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And this week we're going to continue the series on biblical prosperity. And today we're going to talk about taking authority in the realm of your finances. James 4.7 says, Submit to God and resist the devil and he, the devil, will flee from you. And this gives us two things that we need to do. First of all, we need to submit to God and his will concerning our finances. And secondly, and this is what we'll be emphasizing today, we need to resist the devil or take authority over Satan concerning our finances. Now, let's talk first of all about uh, submitting to God. This means being willing and obedient in our finances. Uh, submitting to God in our heart attitude and in our actions, you know, in our giving. And uh, that, of course, is important. But there's another side as well. We need to resist the devil. We need to take authority over Satan. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. So Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 talks about this submission to God. Uh, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. See, God wants you to enjoy pr his provision, his prosperity, but it does require our heart being right, that we're willing and obedient to God's will in our finances. Um, Kenneth Hagin tells the story of how he went from a, you know, a comfortable position in, in a church. God led him to travel and preach. And uh, he knew God was calling him to do that, and he obeyed. But he really struggled in the first year uh, financially, didn't have all the provisions he had, and just things were not working out, and he was upset. And uh, he talked to the Lord about it. And, uh, but the Lord said, the reason you're not eating the good of the land is that you don't qualify. And, and uh, Brother Hagen said, well... I've obeyed you, Lord. I've done what you've told me to do, and yet I'm not eating the good of the land. The Lord said, you don't qualify. Yes, you are obedient, but you're not willing. You're not doing it with a willing heart. And, and so he'd been unwilling because of the, the sacrifices involved. And, he's, and he said, I got willing quick. He got willing quick. It's just a heart attitude to be not just to obey God, but to do it willingly. And then he was started to eat the good of the land. And so our heart attitude must be right. We must be submitted to God. And it, all, this also means having our motives right. You know, God looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says that God sees the heart uh, primarily. Uh, doesn't look on the outward appearance, but he sees our heart. And he knows what attitudes control us. And our motive for being blessed, you see, ought to be to be a greater blessing to others and to the kingdom of God. God does want us to prosper, but his purpose in prospering us is that he can extend his kingdom through us. Um, and so if that's our heart attitude, if it is to serve him with the things he gives us, with the prosperity he gives us, then we are in position for greater blessing. There's a wonderful passage, Psalm 35, says, let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause. What's God's cause? The spreading of his gospel in the earth, the spreading of his word. And God says, I want those who favor my righteous cause to, to be happy, to be joyful, to be rejoicing. And let them say continually, the Lord be magnified. 
Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I want you to notice that God has pleasure in your prosperity. But he needs you to be his servant, you see. This servant is the one who is working and has the motivation of extending God's kingdom, of doing God's will, of using their resources for God's purposes. And uh, God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And it says we are to say that. Those of, us, those of us who favor God's righteous cause, we are to declare our faith that God has pleasure in my prosperity because I'm using that prosperity for his gospel. God has pleasure in my prosperity. Hallelujah. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. And so God wants to prosper us, but he needs our heart attitude to be right, our motives to be right. 3 John 2 says the same, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Yes, God wants us to have health and wealth. We shouldn't be ashamed to say that. But not for their own sakes, but also because we need health to do God's will. And we need his financial provision to do God's will and fulfill our mission in the earth. That's the real reason. And so he says that God wants us to prosper and be in health just as our soul prospers. And so, yes, he wants us to prosper, but essentially our prosperity is according to the prosperity of our soul. Uh, you know, God needs our heart to be right. And then he can prosper us. Otherwise, prosperity will just corrupt us. And he goes on in 3 John to say that this, the prosperity of our soul is produced through abiding in the truth of the word of God. Verse 3, For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. The word was in them. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth in the word. So they were prospering in their soul, you see, through the word of God. And therefore, it was only right and God's will that they would also prosper in their outward life too. And Psalm 1 describes this man who prospers according to God's will, having a soul that is prospering in God's word. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight See, he's willing and obedient. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. You see, God's will is that we prosper in whatever we set our hand to. But first... The key is that our soul must prosper in God's word through meditating in God's word. Then we'll be like a strong tree and we'll be able to provide shade for others and shelter for others and to bear fruit for the benefit of others. That we will use our strength and our prosperity to bless others. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God. That's our number one motivation. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. God's will is that you have those things, that you have that material prosperity, absolutely. But the key is, 
our motivation, our seeking must be right. Seeking first, not the things, but God and his kingdom. If we seek his kingdom first, then we qualify to be blessed with all those things as well. King Uzziah and Hezekiah are classic examples of this. It says about Uzziah that he sought the Lord in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding of the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. So while his soul, while his motivation was right, sought seeking the Lord, God made him to prosper. God wants you to prosper. But more importantly, he needs your heart to be right. He needs you to be submitted to him and his purposes. 2 Chronicles 31 says about Hezekiah that he did throughout all Judea. He did what was right and good and true before the Lord is God in every work that he began in the service of the house of God in the law and in the commandment. To seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So he prospered. So again, God prospered him. God delighted to prosper him because he, his heart was right in seeking God first. I love Psalm 84. It says, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. See, first of all, God radiates. He's a, the source of prosperity. He's the sun. But he's also a shield. He's our shield against poverty. Praise God. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing. In other words, God wants to prosper us. No good thing will he withhold. But he needs our heart to be right, which is right, he said, why he says, from those who walk uprightly with a, with a right heart, from, who's willing and obedient, you see. Then it says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts you. God needs your heart attitude, your motivation to be right, to, that your heart is submitted to God and God's will. And if you put spiritual things first, esteeming earthly things lightly, then God can prosper you without it cor corrupting you. You'll continue to walk uprightly and use that prosperity for God. You know, walking uprightly, giving him the first fruits, supporting his work in the earth. Hallelujah. Well, there's another side though. James says, submit to God and resist the devil. And let's talk about that now. The other side to the subject of prosperity. We have to exercise our authority in Christ concerning our finances. And to understand this, we need to go back to Genesis. You know, God made the world and everything in it. You know, this fact, this obvious fact, tells us immediately that there is nothing wrong with prosperity. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing evil about material things or having them. It was God who created them in the first place. And he called it good. And he gave it to man to enjoy. So it's, it's not bad, it's good. Psalm 50 says, Every beast of the forest is mine, says God, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all its fullness. God created it. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, and the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. And Haggai says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. So God created all things for man's benefit. You know, and, and actually he made those things first. He created everything else and then finally made man. 
In other words, he was preparing everything in this world for his man and his woman. And he wanted to provide them, you see, with a perfect environment. And all the things that they needed to live, he gave that freely. So the order of creation, with man being created last, shows that man is the summit of creation and that everything else was made for man's benefit. Timothy says, the living God has given us all things to enjoy. You see, God isn't against you having material things, but he minds those things having us. Well, having made man, he then gave him dominion over all, all the works of his hands. Every, all the stuff in this world was given to man. He was given the right to use it and enjoy it. Dominion over it all. God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth. All the works of his hands, you see, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We have dominion even over all the demons. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Take dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Adam was given dominion over all the life and all the substance. All the wealth of this world was given to Adam and Eve. It's interesting, Psalm 115 actually says this so clearly. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. God gave the earth and all the riches in the earth to men, to mankind. And these things, yes, they belong to God because he created them, but he has given them to us to possess and to use. See, God created the world and its fullness for his man, but he did not do it for the devil and his crowd. He made all the goodness and the prosperity of the world for his man, for his people. The wealth was not put here for the devil's crowd. It was made for God's man, Adam, but Adam committed high treason against God and he sold it all out to Satan. We see this in the temptation of Jesus in Luke 4. It says, then the devil, taking up Jesus to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of this world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I'll give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. And I give it to whomsoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. All the things of this world. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. But the interesting thing here is that Jesus did not challenge or question Satan's claim here, that the world had been delivered to him. It certainly wasn't delivered to him by God. It was delivered to him by Adam. Now, if this was not a true claim by Satan, then this wouldn't have even been a temptation. But Hebrews tells us that Jesus was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So it was a temptation. It was a real uh, offer, as it were. And uh, it's an offer that one day the Antichrist will accept. 
Well, as with all Satan's offers, they are very short-lived. Satan managed to uh, hoodwink Adam, and Adam delivered this world system. Adam was made, as it were, the god of this world. He was given authority over the whole earth. But Adam delivered this world system over to Satan. He did not have the moral right to do that, to disobey God and do that, and sell out to Satan, but he did have a legal right because he was given dominion. Adam, God had given it to Adam. So Adam um, was given authority to use it. So he could deliver it to Satan, which he did when he chose to reject God's word to him and submit instead to Satan's word. In a sense, Adam was the God of this world, that's God with a small g, in the sense that God gave him dominion, rulership over this world. And under God, Adam was to rule over it all. But we read in 2 Corinthians 4.4 that now Satan is called the God of this world. How did Satan become the God of this world? God didn't do that, but it was Adam who sinfully delivered over his authority to Satan. That's why it says the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe so that the light of the gospel can't shine onto them. Jesus called Satan the ruler of this world three times. He said, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. The ruler of this world is coming but has nothing in me. The ruler of this world is being judged. John the apostle said, we know we're of God but the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. That's Adam's doing. In, two, in 1 Corinthians, it says, talks about the rulers of this age are coming to nothing. They've been dethroned by Jesus. And then it says, none of the rulers of this age knew the plan of God. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They, they are called the rulers of this world. Ephesians 2.2 talks about how we once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that spirit now working in the sons of disobedience, and that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Now, this is very relevant to our finances and to our faith for finances, because... The money that we need is on earth. It's not in heaven. God isn't going to rain down money from heaven. You know, if he did, it would be counterfeit money, and God isn't a counterfeiter. So the money we need is on earth. I want you to notice in Luke 6.38, it says, Give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be given. Shall men give into your bosom? The money comes through the hands of men. The money is here on earth not in heaven. Yes, God may inspire men to give to you, but it still comes through the hands of men because the money is down here. And that means that it's not about praying to God to send you money from heaven. It's about exercising our authority in earth and acting in the earth, praise God, in the realm of our finances. We need to use our uh, authority because Satan is still busy on the earth. Now even though he doesn't have authority over us because of Jesus, he's still busy and he is working to keep the finances coming to us to fulfill God's will. And we must take authority 
because we are in the earth and we have been given authority by God in the second Adam to, to uh, we have authority and we need to take that authority praise God in the realm of our finances so the fact that the money that we need is down here and that this is where we have authority it's up to us to exercise authority not for us to ask God to send money down from heaven you see God doesn't have any money in heaven they don't need it up there we have a right to claim whatever we need for our needs to be met and what we need to fulfill God's plan and mission for our life you see we have a right we have authority praise God because Jesus came to earth as a man and defeated Satan the Son of God came that he might destroy the works of the of the devil Corinthians 2 6 talk, says that the rulers of this age are dethroned by Christ it says in Colossians that he disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in his death and resurrection you see Adam gave Satan authority over this world over the darkness of this world but Jesus said we are, though we are in the world we are not of it hallelujah we have to live in this world and Satan is God of this world system but he's not our God he's got no authority over us or our finances because Jesus has set us free and Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him through his death and resurrection as the second Adam he's regained all the authority that Adam lost praise God he has it and as his people now we are in Christ we have his authority we share his authority in his name and so not only are we delivered from Satan's authority but we have authority over Satan and we must use our God-given authority to enforce Satan's defeat especially in our finances and enjoy the blessings of God that are ours in Christ including financial prosperity Colossians says we're to giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us to be partakers of our inheritance of the saints in light he's delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love we've been delivered from the dominion of Satan and in Christ we are qualified to inherit every blessing you're of God little children you have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world we have authority over Satan that's why James says submit to God and resist the devil in your finances and he will flee from you he doesn't have a choice so Adam was given authority in the realm of finances but he gave it away to Satan but Jesus won it back and more with interest and he gave it to us you see in Matthew 28 after he said I've got all authority he then delegated it the authority on earth to the church in his name and he said go fulfill my great commission accomplish my purpose in the earth all authority is mine but now you go in my name I give you authority and whatever you need to get the job done you just claim it we need to claim that money that we need for ourselves and to fulfill his great commission we need to exercise our spiritual authority in our finances because the money we need is on earth and it's not God keeping it from us but often it's Satan trying to keep it from us and Satan's gonna stick around until Adam's lease runs out and Jesus returns so we've got to be diligent to take authority 
and claim finances. We need to say, Satan, take your hands off my money and go ministering spirits and cause the money to come in. You see, just like demons are working, to influencing people to keep us from our finances, so God has also assigned angels to work on our behalf and influence as well for good. It doesn't say in Hebrews that to which of his angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Angels are serving us. They're ministering for us. And you know, we all have at least one personal angel assigned to us. It says, Jesus said, don't despise any one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always behold the face of my Father in heaven. And you didn't lose your angel, and some of us need more than one angel. And we need to know how to activate and release our angels into action for us. You see, they don't respond to fear or worry or unbelief. They only respond to God's word. And, and, that, and Psalm 103 tells us that's the blessings of the new covenant that it outlines. Verse 20, bless the Lord, you his angels. He's, he's commanding the angels to bless God, who excel in strength, who do his word. They do his word, heeding, listening for, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. You see, angels are servants of God. They only respond to his word. They don't respond to our words of fear, worry, and unbelief. They respond to his word. But as we've seen, they are also our ministers. They're servants of us. As the children of God, they respond to us. They respond to God's word on our lips. They obey the voice of God's word, whether it comes out of God's lips or our lips. As we speak God's word, the angels are released into action to fulfill it. If rubbish is coming out of your mouth, oh, I'll never make it, I'll never have enough. The angels just have to stand there. They can't do anything. They can't respond to that. But if the word of God's coming out of your mouth, and you're declaring that God is your provider, that the, God is blessing, praise God, then they can, they, they are activated and they can help fulfill the word of God. Rise up in your authority as a child of God. Speak God's word and the demons will have to obey and flee and take their hands off your money and your angels will be released to bring it in. Take authority. Say, Satan, take your hands off my money and go ministering spirits and cause that money to come in. Take authority as a child of God. 